coyote is always out there waiting. A coyote is always hungry. A Navajo proverb. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm John John. Hello, and I'm Audie. Welcome to Violin Vice Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure to hit that and give us five stars so he spread out in the ether to many others like you or your friends and such. But yeah, so today we get to do another sort of story time episode, like the one that you used to destroy me. Like the Black Eyed Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Story time. I love story time. I get to be spooked. I doubt you'll be as spooked as me still. I. Mm, well, I'm mm. excited. Three spook, five me. Okay. Well, I'll do my best. But first, we have a theme. Yes. It's these things called skinwalkers, which is... A southwestern, mostly Navajo-based Native American folk monster person thing. So sort of like how we think of werewolves in Europe, but with more to it than just that. So technically, they are called Yi Naldlushi. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm not surprised. But that's essentially the name in Navajo for that, which translated English is, by means of it, it goes on all fours. So, some sort of animal thing. Now, the thing about them are, in most tribes and gatherings of people and like nomadic or even relatively, I say primitive, but it's more just localized and not as industrious type cultures. There's always some sort of spiritual guide type person, like a medicine man, the witch doctor type thing. All throughout most of the Americas, there's something along those lines. Someone who speaks to the spirits or is a conduit for them. Now, skinwalkers are like witch doctors. They're harnessing similar spiritual type properties, but in a sort of yin-yang type of way, how there's the light and the dark in terms of spiritual magic, Witch doctors tend to use it for the lighter side of things, making things better and healing and helping people get past problems. Where these skinwalkers are more of the other end of it, where they use this for causing problems to other people, 
making trials, like the gypsy woman that you stole from places a curse on you, that kind of kind of thing. So, sorry, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but did you, in your research, find if they were called, like, the Akkan and Onida? I was just kind of curious from mine with the Black Eyed Kids if that continued in other areas as well. Um, there's not a whole lot that's out there unless you are a Navajo to get a whole lot of information on them, per se. But they are very diverse in what they are. Okay. So almost anything could be a skinwalker or controlled by a skinwalker. So there's a couple distinct powers that they have. Uh, one of which is being able to transform themselves into some sort of animal, either fully, partially, or even slightly, to kind of use their spiritual abilities to improve upon the skinwalker themselves. So they'll usually don the skins of some predatory animal or maybe even feathers if it was a predatory bird like an eagle, hawk or something to grant them better eyesight or a coyote or wolf pelt to increase their both their cunning and their smell type things as well as also some prey animals to improve upon their physical capabilities like the speed in which they run or jump and such type things. So many of them have been in human form depicted as having many different animal pelts or trophies on their person to grant them essentially options to use their abilities. So not like a werewolf or it's just the wolf or the person or the mix. It is the person, the mix of a bunch of different things, or becoming a full animal a whole bunch of different ways. So this is lycanthropy with options. Got it. Basically. But that is only just one of their powers. They also can control wild animals, as well as people, if you happen to lock eyes with them. It's sort of like by connecting your eyes and that whole eyes are the windows to the soul type thing, you're essentially allowing the skinwalker's soul energy to control your soul. Creepy. Yeah, a little bit. So, many of them will end up sort of shape-shifting or taking the face of the person they are controlling or have killed or will control that person themselves to do things they would never usually do. So it's, it's, it's a mix of like a werewolf and uh, like a reclusive hag witch type thing. It does sound kind of along the lines of black eyed kids with eye contact and everything. Right, right. There's Yo. there's a lot there. But it's 
like and it's not just purely Navajo it's most of those southwestern tribal cultures like the Pueblo and a couple others that I have a hard time pronouncing but it's that whole deserty mountainous kind of harsh living condition and that's where most of these legends and sightings come from and most usually take on forms that have like uh, animal forms that are associated with either like trickster spirits and stuff like that so like coyotes foxes crows a lot of those kind of animals tend to be the more focus of these skinwalkers because in a way they are being very tricky with it but unlike hags who are almost exclusively women males are also in this group essentially anyone who has this spiritual ability can do this it's more of a choice after having this knowledge is what I have come to understand about it. So, yeah. It's like almost a balance between the witch doctor and the skinwalker. Where they're both two sides of the same coin, but they have different goals about stuff. So, lore-wise, that's mostly how skinwalkers seem to function. And they mostly go after people they feel are deserving of this. Mostly by their own personal experience and not overall spiritually. It's if you've wronged them, then you deserve to be attacked or disturbed on a very intimate level. So yeah, that's how much this country bumpkin can find on skinwalkers. Hey, that's pretty decent. I mean, like, if we have any people from the Navajo Nation listening and you have more information, we can always release a later episode as an update, too. I would really like to know more because I would just keep on going in circles of the same knowledge over and over, and any more information would be interesting. Yeah, so I send, would love that. Send it our way, violentvice at gmail.com. Yeah. We just think all of this is cool, so, I mean, that goes for any episode, too. If you have more stuff, send it our way. Exactly. Yes. But now that you have the basic idea, it is time for some stories. Yay, story time. Yay. Now, this first story is called, Maybe Trying to Hit It Wasn't the Best Idea. Ooh. This is from... A redditor called Neptune420. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do like that name. Yes, it's quite fun. It starts off like this. My father owns a small delivery service that operates out of Farmington, New Mexico. We mostly deliver small packages out to the middle of nowhere that are too much of a hassle for the larger delivery companies to bother with. My dad is the only employee, and we have a few pickup trucks and a trailer. One day we get a delivery out to Window Rock, Arizona, on the Navajo Reservation, about two hours from Farmington. 
My dad gets the call for the job while he is chilling with his Navajo friend, Travis, and his girlfriend. Travis mentions how he's got family in Window Rock that he hasn't seen in ages, and suggests they go with him. I was about six or seven at the time, and it was the summertime, so Dad decides we'll go down together. He can do his delivery really quick. Then while Travis sees his family, we can go check out the window rock. A big rock face with a large hole in it that goes to the other side. It's pretty cool. We had to convoy in separate trucks since my dad was loaded down with freight. We decided to bring along some walkie-talkies so we could communicate with one another. We spend our time in Window Rock. Everything is generally uneventful. And we start heading home along the old highway with my dad and I in front and Travis and his girlfriend in their truck behind us. I honestly don't remember most of the Window Rock trip, but this next part I can never forget. We're somewhere on the highway between Window Rock and Gallup, New Mexico. It had just rained earlier in the day and the road was kind of slick, so we were taking it pretty slow. On the left of the highway, there's nothing but sandstone cliffs and on the right, there's a huge field separated from the road by a small barbed wire fence. We cross the top of this hill and down at the bottom of the hill, we see what appears to be a very large dog sitting back on its haunches in the middle of the road facing the cliffs. My dad calls over the radio. Hey, Trav, do you see that big ass dog? Travis starts yelling back over the radio. That is not a dog. Speed up right now and hit it. He sounds almost hysterical. He's just screaming, hit it. You have to hit it. Please, please, hit that fucking thing right now. So my dad starts to speed up, and as we get a bit closer, I can begin to see it a little more clearly. It's covered in this brown, wiry, matted hair that appears to have dried blood all over it. It's still facing the cliffs, but the moment our headlights hit it, it turns and looks at us, and it has a face. I don't know how else to describe it other than a mix between a bear's and a human's face. It looks twisted and distorted and almost in pain. As we get closer to this thing, we start to realize it's actually fucking huge. Though it was still sitting on its haunches, it is about shoulder height with the hood of the truck. We get literally inches from hitting it when it lets out this scream that sounds like someone screaming as their lungs were filling with water and it leaps backwards towards the field, landing just on our side of the barbed wire fence. Then with another leap, it was gone from sight. Travis is coming over the radio again. Holy shit, keep driving. We have to get out of here. We have to go faster. He kept repeating that last part. We have to get out of here and we have to go faster. Pretty soon, we are speeding like crazy. And just as we start to come near the outskirts of Gallup, we get pulled over. Travis pulls his truck over with us. Naturally, this makes the cop, a Navajo man himself, very on edge. And he immediately asks why Travis felt the need to pull over as well. Travis says, we just saw a skinwalker a few miles back. And it's been following us. The officer immediately turns white. Stammers something about a verbal warning gets in his car, and takes off. 
we do the same. We didn't see anything else that night, but when we got home, Travis refused to let us leave without taking some kind of Navajo totem. The thing was supposed to keep it away, I guess. Ooh. Pretty creepy. Right? Yeah. Oh. So, let me get this right. It had, like, the body of a dog, but a face of a bear slash human, and was, like, large like a bear. Like, if a coyote and a man were morphed together and had the face of a bear, but with human facial features on it. Think, like, really bad CGI bear talking type thing, but in a realistic way. Right? Yeah. Ugh. But way to get out of a speeding ticket. Yeah, I know, but... I mean, you were speeding for a reason, otherwise you wouldn't be. Yeah. So, at least the cop understood. Yes. And that's what was important. Ooh. Ooh. Now, this next one, somewhat thematic with the driving thing. It's called Don't Get Off the Bus. Another Redditor by the name of Iron Jesus, which I am really liking a lot of these names. I mean, Reddit is <laughs> full of great things. Yeah. Still, Iron Jesus. That's, that's a mental picture. Also a creepy title. Yeah. Very much so. So as it begins... Anybody that has been on the Navajo reservation has either probably heard of some creepy things or have experienced pretty creepy things, namely skinwalkers. I've only seen one. Here's my story. I come from a small town in northern Arizona that's sandwiched between the Paiute reservation to the north and the U.S.'s largest Navajo reservation to the south. My high school being so small, a 1A high school that has on average 80 students enrolled every year. Always had to travel south about 5 to 10 hours one way to play another high school in any sport. This means that we traveled a lot on the Navajo Res. And we also usually stayed at hotels when we would head out to play and come home in the morning, but this trip was a little bit different. I remember the basketball coach saying that this school didn't have enough money to put up the teams in a hotel that trip, so we were going to be on the road for a total of about 12 hours. I was the only male senior to play basketball that season. We had just got done playing our game and headed home on our bus, Big Blue. We were headed out and it wasn't long, about two hours of driving before we had entered the res. By this time, everyone was asleep, with it being about two in the morning. When we had crossed the res's border, I noticed the bus driver had sped up and was now going about 85. I thought that this was a little weird, because he never exceeded the speed limit, at least not in my high school career. For some reason, I couldn't fall asleep like the rest of my teammates. I just sat at the back of the bus, staring out across the desolate desert landscape that was lit up by the full moon. 
As I looked out, I could see a figure running towards the bus at an angle of pursuit and keeping up with the bus at 85 miles per hour. As the figure got closer, I saw that it was a humanoid form. As a matter of fact, it looked exactly like a human, only that the face was painted half black and half white with glowing eyes. Glowing eyes like a rabbit's eyes, reflecting light from a spotlight. I immediately thought, holy crap, it's a skinwalker. The skinwalker ran up to the edge of the road and just kept up pace. With this bus hurtling sagebrush and rocks while staring at me. After I made eye contact with the thing, I could not look away. It was as if something was holding my head and eyes in place. The skinwalker just smiled at me. This inhuman smile that went ear to ear, showing crooked, yellow, pointed teeth. I felt like I was going to throw up and I was panicking through the whole ordeal. The skinwalker started to crumple down on all fours, still keeping up with the bus. I could see his bones crack and reform. Hair started appearing all over the skinwalker's body and in about three seconds was now a coyote and it ran off back into the desert out of view. As soon as it was gone, I ran to the onboard bathroom and puked a mixture of food and blood. I didn't want to tell anyone for fear they would think I was crazy. I confided in my Navajo friend. She told me that I needed to see the chief, who also happened to be a friend of mine, and get a blessing. I saw him the next school day in the parking lot. He just came up to me and mumbled something in Navajo while waving a feathered scepter-like thing, turned around, got in his truck, and drove away. To this day, I haven't seen another skinwalker. It might be due to the fact I moved away from that town in Rez, but and if I do have to go south, I go around. Way around. The end. Creepy. Yeah. That one plays a little bit more on that possession by locking eyes type thing. Yeah. I, it's just yeah. It's always seems to be like night and a full moon. Yep. Yep. Which yep. might add to that werewolf comparison thing. Yeah. No, creepy that you got to see him change though. Yeah, but also kind of cool. Yeah. I, I gotta admit that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, choo choo. Now, we have another one coming up that's called Stay Away from the Ruins of the Inquisition. I, I, I don't know what the Inquisition is. I found this one, thought it looked great, but I haven't read it ahead of time. Okay. But this one is written by Jibby Jam 1. Jibby Jam 1? Yeah. <laughs> These Reddit names, I swear, they're killing me. I, I know. It's the, I need that levity for me. It's probably not making you as scared as you could be, but I need it. It's great. It's just great. I'm smiling. 
Good. Stay away from the ruins of the Inquisition. This all happened about five years ago. One night, a few of my friends decided, after a night of hanging out, that we'd go on an adventure at about 3 a.m. We took a ride about 50 miles to this old Spanish ruin in New Mexico that was once the seat of the Inquisition. I can't for the life of me remember what the place is called. So we jumped the front gate to the place and started exploring. One of my friends brought a flute with him and he started playing it and about 30 seconds into his mediocre playing, something started screaming really, really loud on the tops of the long destroyed walls of the place. It was going from wall to wall really quick, screaming the most blood-curdling scream you've ever imagined. So we noped the fuck out of there. One of my friends pissed his pants and drove a few hours to Bandelier National Monument, where we planned to camp out at for the rest of the weekend. We got to Bandelier at probably like 6 or 7 a.m., and set up our camp. After a few hours just talking about what the hell happened at the ruins, I went to take a piss behind a probably only like 300 feet from our camp. This is where everything starts getting a little fuzzy. I remember seeing two dust devils coming my way and when I turned around again, two of my friends were there. And they were motioning, they were motioning me to follow them. I couldn't help but follow them, like I was being pulled behind them in shackles. I followed them for what seemed like ten or fifteen minutes, and then I snapped out of it. These weren't my friends. They had bright red hair, with my friends' faces and cat eyes. Both of these friends were brunette. I stopped walking, and they looked at me probably the most terrifying gaze I've ever seen. Monsters in movies are nothing compared to this. I turned around and ran as fast as I could back the way I came. After like five minutes of a full sprint, I got back to that rock that I pissed at and found our camp. Everyone was still there, still sitting around talking and didn't even notice that I was gone. I told them what happened with the look-alike skinwalkers and we packed up everything and left probably within like 10 minutes and got the hill back to Albuquerque. The end. Weird. Yeah. I feel like if they wanted to do something, though, they could probably catch up and like re-put them in a trance or something, though. Probably. But like it seems like they don't really want people t to die per se more or just cause terror yeah so a lot more like the trickster type thing where it's just like you're freaking people out but overall they aren't harmed gotcha at least that's kind of what it seems like yeah but that one seems like it was made by a teenager Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Very teenage response. Very much so.
I'd say I can relate, but I can't anymore. No, we got old. That, yeah, that moment is long past. Yeah. But now for our last story. Ooh. This one's called Convinced I Saw a Skinwalker. From another Redditor called... What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> you're... you're it is a little bit more of a build-up than it should, but it's Nordic Alchemist, which sounds more cool than funny. Okay, but that's still really cool. Yeah! I mean, alchemy is completely boss. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of any bad examples. Nope. I mean, besides people dying of mercury poisoning, but, you know, that's their the name fault. of science. <laughs> their fault, not anyone else's. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry. Side tangent over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It begins. As many of you might already know, many Navajo people, including my own family, are very reluctant to speak about skinwalkers because it is believed to attract their attention. Well, I, however, grew up away from the Navajo Nation and was very naive about the subject. When it came to skinwalkers, I was an absolute skeptic. My mom used to tell a story of how back in the 80s, when she lived there with her siblings and my grandparents, still in Shiprock, but the southern outskirts of it, about how she and my aunt saw a skinwalker just outside their driveway under a streetlight. She described it as a black dog with dirty fur, a twisted noodle-like front leg, and these unnatural eyes with a soft, burnt, orange glow. Me being my own closed-minded self doubted every word, but I never said my doubts aloud. But these doubts totally changed last year when I went to my grandparents' house last October. Me and my family had just finished scourging the carnival at the Navajo Nation Fair and called it a night. The house was close enough where we could walk home in just 10 minutes, so we did. When we got there, it was about 9 at night, where we stayed up until about 2, catching up about family affairs and local news. It was during that time that I just decidedly opened my mouth and blurred out the question, Hey, are skinwalkers real? Guys? I asked. You shouldn't be speaking about that, my grandma said with almost a disturbed yell in her voice. So she and my grandfather both decided to go to bed. After being scolded by my mom, one of my aunts chimes in with a very cautious tone and says, They're real, all right. I had a few start screaming outside of my trailer and Farmington just a few nights ago. Your cousin had nightmares the whole night and woke up crying that morning. Not wanting to push the discomfort any further, we all decided to go to bed. Now, the trailer home is pretty old, and it was a really nice night, so we, we slept with the windows open with screens to prevent bugs coming in. Everyone had drifted off to sleep, except me because my mind was still going a million miles a minute about skinwalkers and wondered if I ever encountered one while here on the reservation, 
as a kid, I was told it's taboo to think about skinwalkers because it can still call their attention. That's when the shit totally hit the fan. Just as I was settling and finally getting relaxed for sleep, I started to hear something moving outside. I get up from the couch and start wandering over to the kitchen window. In the trailer, all the rooms had the lights out, so the only visible light that can be seen is from the porch light out front. I was thankful for this because I told myself if it really was a skinwalker outside, then hopefully it wouldn't notice me seeing it. So I muster up the courage and take a quick scan of outside. From the porch light, all I can see is the dusty ground and the vehicles that my family drove along with some old metal trash cans that stood beside the road. Looking for about a good five seconds, I wasn't able to see anything, so I was getting ready to turn around and walk back to bed thinking it was just a stray cat or something. Only having taken two steps, I hear what sound like a distorted scream coming from outside definitely close by. Fear rising, I look outside again, and there I see it. A coyote-like figure was staring at my direction from behind the cars, just outside of the reach of the port light. Only I looked awfully wrong and gave off an evil vibe just from seeing it. It was gray with very disheveled hair and a horrific orange-red soft glow came from its eyes. I noped the hell out and ran back to the bedroom. It was at that moment I had begun to also notice an awful stench in the air that smelled like rotting meat. I started trying to wake up my mom who was like, Oh my god, it's almost 3 a.m. What do you want? I immediately began in a shaken voice, there's something scary outside. Then she said, now annoyed because I woke her up, oh, it's probably just a stray animal or something, it's the res, animals wander all the time at night. She obviously wasn't getting the drift of what I was saying, so I screamed, there's some Blair Witch Project shit going on outside, ma. That got her attention. What? What the hell are you talking about, she said. Then we heard it. The thing outside started making more of its dreadful-like screams and started what sounded like thrashing outside on the ground. Hear that? That's what I'm talking about. So both her and I got back up, looked outside the window, and the coyote thing was making its way to the door. I had walked with an odd limp and dragged its back right leg as if it was handicapped. We could hear it start to scratch against the door and make this odd muffled moaning sound. My mom went and got my dad and they both started shouting in Navajo all sorts of words telling the thing to go away and saying it's not welcome here. Well all this commotion was enough to get the rest of the trailer up as they came out into the hallway. The only thing my mom did was turn to them and said, Skinwalker while proceeding to point to the door. Noises still happening. Apparently they already knew exactly what to do as my grandfather got out a handgun from the drawer and a bag of ashes. 
he coated a few bullets and loaded them into the gun and went straight to the door. Yelling out more Navajo that was too fast for me to comprehend, he swung open the door and fired twice. Nothing. Nothing managed to escape before Grandpa could put a bullet in it. That's the fastest one I've ever seen, said my Grandpa. Next thing you know, my aunts and my parents are freaking out about what just happened, saying stuff like, what if it comes back tomorrow? And it saw us, does that mean we're targets now? After my grandparents calmed everyone down, myself included, saying we'll be fine, and we all went to bed around four-ish. Morning comes, and my grandparents call one of their neighbors and explains to them what happened. Apparently one of them was a medicine man who used to partake in Yaibi Che's Navajo ceremonies used for healing and curing sickness, and came over to bless each family member and the ground outside. The end. So, yeah. question, that did kind of sound like it could have just been a coyote that was hurt. That's kind of what I was thinking, but the eyes with the red-orange kind of glow that you could see even outside of the light yeah. made it a little unsettling. Yeah. Plus, if it had that limp and problem with its leg, how did it avoid things so quickly? Like gunshots. I mean, if their grandpa was really old, then it's a wild animal. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Yeah. But still really creepy. Yeah, especially it's just like you're not supposed to talk about him. Yeah. Or even think about him. And then suddenly one shows up when you're talking and thinking about it. Yep. Yep, yep. Creepy stuff. Creepy, creepy. But in that one, it does kind of explain how the medicine man or the witch doctor type person tends to be that counteractive balance to all those things. Yeah. So a lot of push and pull in that. Yep. Yeah. So are you creeped out? I am a little creeped out. Because we've been talking about it for a long time. Yes, we have. And we're going to be thinking about this for a long time. Yes, we will be. Should I call you tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you when you get up. How about that? Okay. Because you get up for my lunch time, right? Yeah, give or take. Give or take. All right. Yeah. All right. But that's it for the Skinwalker episodes. Hopefully you don't see one. Because of this, I would feel slightly guilty and also slightly proud, but mostly guilty. Yup. If you have any other creepy doohickey folklore type things for us, you can email us at violentvice at gmail.com. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E at gmail. Or you could follow us on Facebook at Violent Vice Podcast, as well as on Instagram for the same thing. And then we're also on Twitter if you have suggestions for us, which is at Vile and Vice. No ampersands. V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Let us know what you want us to do. We'd be happy to do the researching stuff. That'd be fun. And if you really, really like us, you can support us on Patreon at 
patreon.com slash violentvice. Maybe see some extra content. Maybe see some bloopers. Maybe hear me crying after a couple different stories that were told to me. Who knows? By the time this episode comes out, we should have some more sleep paralysis stories too. So some new content on there, which will be fun. We always like to add more to it all the time. And we're just happy you guys listen, but uh, supporting us on Patreon, we really, really appreciate it. It would be nice. So subscribe, give us five stars, creep out more people with these creepy stories. We'd be loving that so much. And that's it for me. We'll see you guys next next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Rebeck. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.